My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Amazing. Yay. <laughs> I can't believe summer is almost over, Nicole. I don't like I it. I feel like summer just started. Right? And my kids are going back to school. No, like, you're next you're week. diving into your stitches. I am. I'm, di- I'm hey, just Angela, going what's got right you in, in stitches? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it because my kids go back when this airs, they'll go back like the following week. That's so quick. Right? Did you feel like you had a good summer? Yes. we. I feel like we've had a good full summer and it definitely feels like summer because it's over 100 it's degrees. So it's so hot. I don't like it. Oh my gosh. It's so tough to go outside and do anything around the farm. I'm just like immediately drenched in sweat. Gross. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. I step out at 7 and 6.30 in the morning and I'm already sweating because yeah. I'm walking my dog. I'm like, yeah. how do you survive because on a farm? Hot. Yeah. You You're just, like you know, doing try manual to find, labor. Yeah. You just try to find as much shade as possible and then you just come in you, and turn oh. all the fans on and just like, ah. Oh. Oh, I was going to say, I got to give you last <laughs> summer I bought these um, fans that like portable that go around, oh, your, go neck. around your neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll give it to you if you need okay. it doesn't really do too much it just blows uh, air in your face so yeah. I'm sure it's just gonna blow hot air in your face but nice. but it's something <laughs> it's something no we have a lot of shade around the property so that's lucky we can Good. duck out of the sun you know when you need to we need to but man I when July hit my kids got sad because like summer's almost over I'm my like, kids do you guys this is like prime in the middle of the summer yes but now July is gone yeah. and it's like oh my gosh they're going back to school Next, so like soon. next week <laughs> i don't like it you gotta go get the school supplies yeah oh and your and your oldest is going into yeah she's starting she's in going into junior high uh, so you gotta get those supplies yes. and books and yes ooh. and then she gets to figure out like well, she's gonna have a schedule she's gonna have oh to go to different gosh. classes and have different teachers and it's a whole different school is she excited <laughs> she is she's ready to see her friends but at the same time it's like it's I don't different, know. It's very that different. Transition. Did you have a good time in middle school? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yes and it took no. Took you a long time for yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, middle school was a, is definitely a transitional phase. It's where you start growing up before you're ready to. Seriously. Um, and, and girls before guys. Girls before guys. And I remember that was when I had some friends that we wound up not being friends anymore because we were choosing different paths. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's when, yeah, so you, you change so you much. Start, you start forming different, different friendships. Yeah. And so that's hard when you end some friendships to form other ones. That transition's always hard. Yeah. I didn't like middle school because <laughs> <laughs> of all that. Yeah. And then some, but yeah. Yeah. I hope she does a good job. I'm sure she'll be great. I, I'm sure she will be great. She has no problem making friends and she's always like so positive and sun and sunny and yes. fun, you know, so I think she'll be good and good. she has a good core group of buds that she, that helps. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's only two years. <laughs> Junior high for me was three years. We started in yeah. sixth grade. Yeah, me too. But here in California, they start in seventh grade. So That's it's just seventh and eighth. That wonky. Really quick. And then you move on. To I high don't school. like that. It yeah. should be seventh, eighth, ninth. 
I think so too. Because that freshman year, I feel like you're still in that transition period. I feel like yeah, you're so you're small 14. compared to everybody else. Yeah. You're 14. Oh, yeah. Well. I don't know. Well, good luck. Thank you. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I will keep you guys updated on how all that goes. Yay. Yeah. Oh, man. So what's got you in stitches, Nicole? I got a fun story. So my sister-in-law came to visit, which was really awesome. Yay. We love her so much. She's wonderful with the kids. And my my oldest loves her to death. He's the sweetest. But we, t- we decided to go to a beach day on a weekday, which was wonderful. Ooh, yeah. nice. We always go to Zuma Beach. So oh, California very well. Yeah. Come to Zuma. That was the beach of choice when I was at Pepperdine. Woo-hoo! Yeah. We're going to fight, fight, fight for Pepperdine. <laughs> I have a fun Pepperdine story to tell you. Later oh, you too. do? I do. It's okay. funny. But anyway, so we we drive up to Zuma because you can either pay to park or you can park on the street. Yeah. Because there's so much parking if there's nobody there. Yes. So we did that and we loved it. There's barely anybody there. And we ended up next to a family where my oldest or my both my kids go to school with them. Oh, cool. Small That's world. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened, which was amazing, is my oldest loves to boogie board now. So he was in the ocean, I think, the entire time. Oh, fun. Yeah. And his his friend who was in his classroom, she she was in his class last year. They boogie boarded the whole time together. It oh, was the sweetest. That's so cute. But the hilarious part was towards the beginning, we're watching him, and all of a sudden we see these fins come up. <gasps> and we're like, oh, they're dolphins. dolphins. Yeah. Hey. And they were so close. They were literally like, I'd say 10 feet away from. Oh, m- surfing the waves yes. with your oldest. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. And the most funniest part was he comes in, he starts to come in, and he's like, I think I saw a shark <laughs> and he was so calm about it. He's like, pretty sure I saw a shark. I was like, honey, no, it was a dolphin, but I'm uh, kudos to you for being really yeah, calm. Going, yeah. Yeah. He didn't panic. <laughs> he just saw them just came right back in and it came out of the water. And I was like, no, that, that was a dolphin. It was so cool. Did you see the dolphins? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then he came back out and he went back in. <laughs> so Aww. had so much fun. We were there for, I want to say like five hours. And seriously, he came in a little bit to play in the sand with his little one or with my little one and then came right back out. And he just he he's like a little oh, water kid. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's so, so cool. Uh, we had so much fun. So we're definitely going to try to hit the beach before school starts, which is like you said, around the corner. But we're going to try to hit it a few more times. I bet the weekends are crazy. Yeah, so. I'm sure. Especially with the heat wave that we're having right now yes everyone's gonna escape to the yeah. beach because it's much cooler on the ocean oh it was it like a here. whole marine layer though there it was the sun barely came out <laughs> oh yeah and we're like this is amazing compared yeah. to 100 degrees where right? we are you know yeah so it was amazing so yeah Yay. beaches are awesome go to zuma everybody if you ever go to the beaches and you oh you're in giving away your, your oh secret. shoot don't go to it <laughs> there's sharks <laughs> They're sharks. They're sharks. sharks. They, I mean, they're not they're, dolphins. They're no, sharks. no, they're sharks. <laughs> don't, don't, go, don't go there. <laughs> no, we usually head up the coast. We go to Ventura because it's a lot easier to get to from where Here. we live. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, so we like to go to Ventura Beach. That's and nice. And we'll go to the harbor, and then there's a beach right across from there. That's and, the harbor. Yeah. yeah, we've been to that harbor. They, there's usually a guy with birds there. Have you ever seen that guy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's a guy with birds. Yep. There's some really yummy restaurants. Yes, ice there's cream. There's an arcade. Yeah. There's ice cream. The ice cream now shop Now you're making me want to go to Ventura. Maybe yeah. we'll go that. do that next I like to weekend. go to the Greek place. 
<gasps> yeah. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we went there last time. Yeah. We'll have to go. I love Greek food. We love Greek food. I, we do. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that we do together yep. whenever we're recording on recording days. We drink our coffee and then get we Greek go food. get Greek food. Mm, <laughs> Greek food. So good. Anyway, well, that was my stitch. And I'm so excited for this episode because there's going to be a part two eventually. <gasps> Yay! But uh, yeah, would, would she, we want to get into stitching? Sure, let's get stitching. <laughs> So this is really funny about this stitch because I was using this stitch. I got to crochet a lot recently, which is so nice, but I've been working my little fingers to the bone Get it? <laughs> crocheting. And I started on this Afghan project and I was like, you know what? There's some stitches in here that I haven't done. And I was like, let's do the bobble stitch because that's a really fun stitch to incorporate in any project that you're doing. And then Nicole walks in today mm -hmm. and she goes, I want to make this pillow and I'm like, are those bobbles or are they popcorn? Because popcorn and bobble stitches look a lot alike. Very similar, yeah. And she's like, it's a bobble stitch. I'm like, that's the stitch I'm going to hey. talk about today. <laughs> so, wow. It's like, you know, great We're mind readers. Like, yeah, thinking alike here today. Awesome. So the bobble stitch is a really fun stitch to incorporate with what you're doing. Now, the difference between the bobble stitch and the popcorn is bobble is done on the wrong side. Wrong side. Wrong side. So if you're doing a two-sided blanket, it will become a one-sided blanket. <laughs> no. Because the bobble pops out on one side. One side. So you want to make sure that you do it on the wrong side of whatever you're making. Okay? So when you know it, how do you know it's the wrong side? Because you're going one way and it's just, if you flip it, is that the wrong side? Yes. Okay. So when you're flipping back and forth, eventually you'll have a right side and a wrong side. So yeah. on the right side is the side that you're going to put all the detail work. So if you're doing a lot of texture and stuff and you want that texture to pop out, because mm -hmm. a lot of textured stitches are one-sided, right. that becomes your right side. Yes. But this one? This one you do on the wrong side because it pops forward. It pops away from you. Ah, uh, that's towards you. why. Okay. A popcorn will pop towards you. A bobble pops away from you. Got it. Yeah. So that's like the big difference between a popcorn and a bobble stitch. Makes sense. So when you're doing a bobble stitch, typically you will be doing a single crochet row. And I made a blanket for my daughter, which I think we'll probably take pictures of and we'll post those. Perfect. Because it was one of the first blankets that I made Look that at you. has the bobble stitch. Pro. So when you're doing the bobble stitch, typically you're going to be doing a single crochet when you're not doing the bobble. Okay. So you're going to single crochet until you get to the point where you want to add a bobble. And when you're doing bobbles, you're doing these four textures. So you're usually doing them in some kind of a design or some kind of pattern. So unfortunately, that means you have to count stitches. No! <laughs> you have to count where you're going to put your That's bobble okay. and make sure it, it, it falls where you want it to fall. That's the annoying part about the bobble. But the bobble is really fun to make. So when you get to the stitch that you're going to make the bobble, you're going to yarn over, insert your hook, into that stitch mm -hmm. yarn over pull up a loop and then you're going to yarn so over how so many how many do you have, you'll have three up? loops on your hook perfect then you're going to yarn over and pull through two so then you're left with two loops on your hook oh okay then you yarn over insert your hook back through the same stitch uh-huh pull up a loop 
yarn over pull through two now you'll have three stitches on your interesting so you're still kind of you still have to pull through yeah so it's like you're doing a half of a double crochet got it right yes because you'll still have those loops yeah because you'll Ah. still have those loops love it so depending upon how big you want your bobble to do to be Mm. I usually will do four so then I'm left with five loops on my hook got it and then that makes a really nice sized bobble and then when you have five loops on your hook after doing you know four half double crochets or Mm. half Half of a double double crochet yeah then you're going to yarn over and pull through all five got it and then you don't have to close that off. You can just go into the next stitch and oh. do a single crochet. Oh, really? Because that will help it pop out better. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then that's a bobble. That's it. And you could do as many as you want. Do as many as you want. That you fits. can do that fit. You can do, <laughs> I would say, leave a single crochet in between each bobble if you can, because it just makes it look neater and nicer. Sure. So, but depending upon whatever pattern you're following, that's what you're going to do. So if you just want this nice little pop. I love it. It's fun. Yeah. That's cool. And if you want a tinier bobble, then you just do Smaller like mouth. three. And it's going to push away from four. you. It pushes away from you. You push it out. And that's the wrong side because then when you flip it, it's going to push at you. Yes. You, when you flip yeah. it, that will be okay. the right side. And then you'll see I that bobble popping it. out. I love it. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Now I can do my, my pillow. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> easy bobble stitch pillow yeah you can use this on any project so right now I'm doing the bobble stitch in a blanket I've made a bobble stitch blanket for my daughter it's really cute it's rainbow and so we'll take pictures of that I'm using it in another blanket that I have this hard it's not hard it's a textured blanket actually my mother-in-law shout out to Carol hi Carol my mother-in-law gave me this pattern like years ago <laughs> I, I love that it, the, her it the paper is so graying and nice it's yeah like, oh. <laughs> I love that so it's a blanket that she was gonna do but then she passed it on to me and I've had it as a project to do for a couple of years now and I'm finally like I'm doing this do blanket it. get because it because 2023 is the year of doing things we were finishing we were our project yes so this is actually an Annie's Knit Club or an Annie's Crochet Club design. Cute. So Annie's signature design, and this is a crochet blanket. It's called the Gansey Style Crochet Afghan. Gansey. Gansey. I love it. So you can order just the instructions for it. Aww. I know normally when you're doing Annie's kits, you order the entire kit. So she gives oh, you the yarn. Nice. You get video tutorials. Wow. You get instructions. It's all ready to go. Yes. So Annie's is a very fancy Mary Maxim. So Mary Maxim is another one where you can order the whole thing. Wow. But I don't know if that comes with video tutorial. I haven't ordered any of these knit clubs yet. I'm very <laughs> interested in doing it. So I might at some point. Cool. Because they give you all the yarn. They that give is you nice. all the instructions. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to do everything separately. Correct. That is really it nice. It does come, f- you know, it is a higher cost. doesn't have your hooks though. doesn't have your hooks. Oh, okay. It is a higher cost to, to do, the, do mm-hmm. it this way. But... If you are lacking inspiration and you want everything to be given to you and you want that safety and confidence of having a video tutorial and having written instructions and going through it step by step that way, Mm -hmm. it's a fantastic way to go and not having to pick colors. And I'm really bad at color sense. I think I I don't. That's not true. I will pick colors and I'm like, I think these colors will go well together and then I don't put them in the right way that I want them to go. Uh, Okay. So. You know. You're selling yourself short. I think you do great. So. Oh, thank you, Nicole. <laughs> you have way better color sense than no. I do. Yeah, I think my shades are just a little bit off sometimes. 
from where I want the overall project to look. I'm like, oh, I should have used a richer green or mm. I should have used like a lighter, more lemony yellow or, you know, whatever. So, Hindsight is twenty twenty, Right. But if, you know, somebody already has all these shades perfectly picked and matched and they all, you know, go together and I'm like, ooh, That's true. Lovely. Then it's ready to go. Yeah, it's ready to go. It. You just have to, you don't have to think. It's like a meal kit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talk about, hungry, I love Nicole? food. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have food on my mind yeah. all day long. So, so anyway, go out and try a bobble today. <laughs> hey, I love it. Bobble um, it up. Bobble it up. So, and you have a pillow that you want to do one day. Yeah, I've got a million projects lined up still. Did I send you that pillow, or maybe you've sent me that pillow before? Uh, there was we've one talked about similar. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have one. I I have it saved, but then I saw this one because I want it to make it for my office in the colors of my school so oh very cool yeah it's a bohemian bobble yes. pillow or something exactly like that. Yeah. yeah it's like 1970s it says yeah because the colors cool. they choose are very, very 70s, 70s which mustard I yellow love. and that's yeah. one of my favorite i know colors. mustard yellow is fantastic See, 70s <laughs> 70s rock band <laughs> Woo so eventually we'll do that but your blanket's coming along so hopefully that'll be done when maybe a I, couple months I, yeah yeah hopefully in a couple months i'm you know, starting to cruise through it. I'm finding time. I do need to start processing my alpaca fleece. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get on it. Gotta get on it because I That's have okay. bags and bags of that. So yeah. I need to, you know, I, I tend to get really hyper-focused on one thing and I'm like, oh, but I have all these other things that I need to do. So right. uh, we'll get there. You'll get there. We'll get there. Eventually. Yeah, I need to just, I need to, like a planner. I need you to plan out my day so that I'm like, I can help you from with this that. time to this time, <laughs> I'm processing um, alpaca fiber. So I'm either washing it, drying it. You've got boards. It. You can just write them on if you don't want to like planner, planner, because I know you're not like that. I know. I'm not. I, yeah. I, this is something that I was talking to my husband recently about. We were talking about, you know, things that, um, frustrate us and I'm like one thing that frustrates me is when I feel like I don't have enough time that's mm. my, yeah. my biggest thing because oh, I'll, yeah. I'll have a lot of projects going and then time just kind of runs out and it's just oh, like slips away yeah so I mean that's I think I talked to one of our patrons hey Brittany hey. so I think I talked to her about that because I know she tests patterns that's right and I'm like just having that deadline of having it done at a certain time mm -hmm. that would kill me because I don't have enough time <laughs> you'd be up all night yeah I'd be like, I, I gotta, gotta finish, finish this <laughs> Other than that, I think I would love to test patterns. I think that would be really fun. Maybe when the kids are like gone. Yeah, when they're more self-sufficient. Yeah. Can I tell you, so we recently got back from summer camp. I talked about that one of our uh, last episodes. A couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago that we went to a summer camp. And when we were at the summer camp this year compared to last year, the kids were just like by mom and dad gone. That's and such a weird we saw concept them at meal to me. times, yeah. And sometimes they would sit with us at meal times, but most of the time they'd be off with their buds. Aww. And then I'm like, wow, they're just so independent. Aww. They're just gone, which is wonderful right. and heartbreaking at the same time. Because, you know, I love my kids. I right. think they're so much fun. I love spending time with them, but now they're very independent. They're so in their they're own like, world. See you later, mom. We're, we're doing Aww. something. <laughs> Grown up so, so fast, but there you go. Now you got more crochet it's time. Very, yeah, more. <laughs> there we go. Bright side. <laughs> the positives. <sighs> okay, that was a tangent during uh, crochet time. That's okay. That's okay. That's so, us, man. I know. Tangent. Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. 
That's us. Okay. So yes. I'm done with Bobble Stitch. Okay. I'm ready to dive into story time. Are you ready? Yeah, it's, it's story, story time. time. episode we're going into haunted churches haunted churches which is funny okay so i wrote this in my notes that when i was doing all my research for this i feel like there's more haunted churches than there are even haunted houses wow really Isn't that weird yeah like it just brought up lists and lists and i was like what is this I found so much. Wow. So that's why I'm saying I'm going to do a part two eventually. That's interesting. Yeah. I think it's because it's where people go to commune with their souls. And like there's a lot of energy. Yes. Put into that. That is on kind of a paranormal level. Spiritual. So, yeah, well, and spiritual. a lot of them. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> a lot of them, though, also are attached to cemeteries, which I try to weed through. There's going to be a couple with some haunted cemeteries in this episode. But I think I'm going to do a whole episode on haunted cemeteries alone. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah. Attached. I have a cemetery story. That I'll tell. Okay. So well, we'll save it. Okay. 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 Well, we're going to go. So this is going to be national haunted churches. We're going to go do an international episode eventually. Okay. Okay. But this one's very short. So I'm going to go to Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go to High Rainbow, Hill. Alabama. <laughs> we're going to High Hill Church. Um, and this is in Parrish, Alabama. I have a picture for Angela. It's tiny. It's such a cute little church. Very small, but mm -hmm. it's abandoned. <gasps> yeah. So little is known about this church. It's it's not been used for many, many years, but there is a cemetery behind the church. Like yeah. I said, there's a few of them like this. But someone reported seeing the local pastor of the church hunting in the woods around the area. He's the wait, the what? local pastor. OK, but okay. then later he found out the pastor who ran services died in the late 1970s, but enjoyed hunting in the area. So he saw him. I was oh, like, oh, snap. That's him. Right. That's the local. <laughs> yeah. And now he's been gone for for years, decades. Oh, that's crazy. So He's still hunting in the woods. Oh, that's crazy. It's spooky. Locals have reported seeing a large crowd of people gathering in the middle of the night that resembled a revival at the church, even though it's been abandoned. I thought maybe they're still able to use it, but why not? Why, why at night? That's a little spooky, right? Yeah, because it's spooky. Yeah. Because <laughs> people like to be creepy. <laughs> <laughs> a little morbid. A little ritual. So we don't night. know if those were, those were living people mm -hmm. or not. That's what's spooky about it, too. Ooh. lastly there have been multiple reports of seeing a ghostly bride and groom walking out of the church <gasps> again in the middle of the night on alabama haunted houses someone responded to an article about the church that they also witnessed the ghost bride and groom he stated they was running out the church and looked at me i pissed my pants got in my car <laughs> and got the hell away from there and we'll never be back that person is awesome <laughs> i love they that. was <laughs> You have to go, they was uh, <laughs> running go. out of the church <laughs> and looked at me. I pissed my pants. <laughs> can't do That's awesome. That quote is so good. <laughs> so good. I had to put it in there. Oh. So like I said, this is very short. That's it. That's the High Hill Church. Thank you for including that one. Yeah. That made my day. There you oh, go. so funny. But Next. yeah, in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Wow. So lots in of activity. In the middle of the night. I go walking, walking in my sleep. sleep. I love that song. 
Next, we're going to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. East Emmanuel Lutheran Church. In oh, Lutherans. Lutherans. That's it, a cool church. Right? I like the, it's the very, spire. Yeah, the spire. It's very, um, I don't know. Churchly? <laughs> it's very churchly. <laughs> it looks like it belongs in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you know, in the oh, opening scene where they have that, like, like, the that. little town. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, al- it reminds me almost of, like, being in, in Beetlejuice, like, the small town mm, there, right? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. so. Cool. Now, the history of East Emanuel Lutheran Church in Amory, Wisconsin, held no conflict. Norwegian settlers built the church in the peaceful countryside in 1870, and that's all we really know about. There's no bloody battles. There's no murders. No problems. Yet, for some reason, almost a century later, spooky things started to happen. Why? I don't know. Why a century later? A century later. 1981. Reverend Elizabeth Robinson was across the street from the church when suddenly she heard the church bell ringing out from the parsonage in the middle of the night. That's the theme. In the middle of the night. (laughs) Every time. We're going to have to sing. She was confused because the church was closed. Reverend Robinson ran straight to the church to investigate. Once she arrived, she found the church locked, and upon entering, nobody could be found. (laughs) It was empty of living souls. But to this day, the bell continues to ring frequently on its own. Dude! Okay, so this is what I think is happening. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Anybody watch Hawkeye on Disney Plus? Yes. Yes. Okay, so, you know... uh, in the opening scene in the first, uh, it's not the opening scene, but in the first episode, uh, Haley Seinfeld's character she shoots, shoots the, bell. the bell. That's yeah. right. So that's what's happening. Um, <laughs> Archer. Archer is shooting the bell. They would see, they would, they would see arrows they everywhere. They would see arrows everywhere. You, yeah. I know that that's not what is happening, but it made me think of that. So. <laughs> or it could be maybe there's a bird roosting. I don't know. Why would, they, what, they, they, <laughs> why would they ring that, the bell? I don't know. That bird would like, knock itself <laughs> unconscious die, if it's trying to ring the bell. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. That's crazy. Yes. Now, the rumor is that it's possible a forgotten congregation has never left the building. Parishioners claim to hear voices coming from empty pews and sometimes within the walls of the church. Some witnesses say they hear voices coming from upstairs in the balcony, but most claim they hear noises in the basement as if a potluck dinner is taking place. Huh. Yeah. When they searched the basement, it was completely empty. Dude. They're all eating. Eating time. One supposed re- recollection comes from an organ repairman who was working on the church's organ. When he was hard at work, he started to hear voices from the upstairs balcony. He thought he was alone, so he stood up and investigated the balcony area, but nobody was there. He thought maybe he was hearing things, so he went back to work until he started to hear noises and voices from the basement. Oh. So he again got up and investigated, found nothing again. He was really freaked out by two instances of hearing voices, so he packed his things and left. To this day, he refuses to set foot in the church. Okay, this reminded me, I have a haunted church story of my church growing up. Okay. This story reminded me of it, so I'm going to take a minute in your story and tell you mine. Do it. Okay. When I was little, we had a really strong, because, you know, Texas, we had a really strong uh, youth group. And we used to do plays. And when we would do the plays, we'd have a lock-in at the church and rehearse all night and then do the play the next morning. Nice. And it was a musical. So, you know, you have a bunch of kids that are in the church choir and in the youth group and we're getting, you know, doing our Mm lock-in. And our choir director used to tell this story. 
when we were all settled in Uh-oh. our little sleeping bags and getting ready to go to sleep. Okay. The first time I heard this story, I did not sleep the whole night. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. No. Because we were in the church okay. where it happened okay. in the next room. Oh, fun. So my church growing up went through several stages. So we had an old sanctuary and then they added on to that and then they built a big, huge, massive sanctuary. So they, they rebuilt part of it. They added on. Oh, added on. So yeah, it was all, you could go into the old sanctuary and then keep going on and they would use it for different things, but the youth group mainly used the old sanctuary and that was also where we would put on our plays. Got it. Then the old sanctuary. Okay. So the way the old sanctuary was set up is we would have, if you're facing the front of the church, the sanctuary, there was a big cross on the right side and just above that was a balcony where the pipe organ was. And the organist would play the pipe organ and the choir would sing up there. So it was a choir loft singing down into where everybody else would sit. All the pews and everything were set up down there. Okay. So my choir director would tell the story about how in the early days of the church, they didn't have very good railing up in the balcony. They had just kind of like one rail and then, but there was a lot of space that you could kind of slip through there Whoa. wasn't like, Uh-oh. you know, there, it wasn't, the, the railing wasn't that set, if that right. makes sense. No, that makes sense. Okay. There's okay. a lot of space yeah. for small children to fall through. No! So for that reason, going with this. <laughs> for that reason, children were not allowed up in the choir loft. Okay. Only adults were allowed in the choir loft. Okay. So Good. the story goes that a small child found her way up in the choir loft when nobody was looking because she wanted to play the organ because she thought it was very beautiful. So she's sitting on the organ bench and she's like banging around on the organ and something happened where the bench kind of slid and she slipped off the bench, landed on the cross and fell (gasps) to her death. No! My choir director (laughs) tells the story to a bunch of little kids. (laughs) What kind of director is this? Right? And so that that was the story as to why children were not allowed up in the choir loft. Okay. Okay. Since then, you know, years later, they had, this was in the 80s, they had, you know, reinforced it. So, you know, we, I had been up in the choir loft many, many times, but they, you know, put vertical bars so that you can't slide through anymore. Oh, good. So anyway, so she would tell the story. She would preface the story like, this is what happened in, you know, the, the, 60s or 70s then flash forward to the 80s she said that she was working late in her office getting you know the music ready for that week's service and then she would hear footsteps running uh, running around upstairs and the only upstairs in that part of the church was the choir loft Uh oh and so she would yell hello is anybody here who's here you know because it's late at night and nobody would answer And then she just went back to doing her work and then she would hear the footsteps running around again. (laughs) And so she'd be like, who's here? Hello, anybody here? No answer again. Right. So she decided to go investigate. And so she's like walking around and then she hears the footsteps again. So she goes into the sanctuary just at the right time where she sees the ghost of the girl slide off the bench of the organ, land on the cross. Oh, residual haunting. Right. (laughs) So that's the story that she would tell us. And then we would, you know, she'd be like, okay, good night, everybody. <laughs> Sweet dreams. 
So it was a really effective ghost story because the first night I didn't sleep. I wouldn't be able to. And I was like freaked out. And I think my dad was with me at the time and he stayed the night there at the church. And I was like, I can't, I can't sleep. (laughs) And he's laughing at the whole story because I'm sure he knows that it's made up. And it's ghost stories. You got to scare kids. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, I don't want to hear. And then, you know, every once in a while, somebody would sneak up and then. Like, oh, pound pound their feet up there and they like, try to play the organ or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was my little ghost I story. I love it. At <laughs> my church. And it was like it was really freaky, but I never that was Do you do you think it really happened or no? I don't know. I left that a mystery. I didn't go back we and can research and see. I'll research. Okay. <laughs> we'll research and That's see. That's creepy that though. I'm pretty sure it didn't. But, oh, okay. You know. But still, but still, fun good ghost story of a church. Yeah, <laughs> of a church. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's get back real quick into the Wisconsin church. So the word of mouth spread about the voices and sounds of of this church and the Lutheran church, and it was nicknamed the Haunted Church. <laughs> nice, <laughs> real descriptive. Yeah, very. Wisconsin Haunted House's website posted about this church, and someone also responded. Has anybody ever reported seeing a young girl in the graveyard? When I was young, I remember driving past the church to drop off a friend, and I made my grandma stop the car because there was a young child playing in the graveyard. But when we pulled over and got out of the car, there was nobody to be found. But I had heard from my now wife, who used to live right down the street, that she heard laughing and the bells ring at random times in the night. Oh, man. (laughs) So, isn't it crazy, though? There's no history of anything happening there. Just all of a sudden, it just started up. That's crazy. So, something had to have happened at some point, and maybe this ghost of the girl is like, hello, let's investigate what happened to me. That could be. And that's why she's ringing the bell. Oh, for whom the bell tolls. Tolls for thee. Good, good uh, tie in there. That's good. (laughs) All right, we're going to go down to Tennessee now. Tennessee. Tennessee. We're going to downtown Presbyterian Church in Nashville. Oh, that's cool. I like the double spires. Yes. Oh, you're going to love this. Look at this inside. (gasps) Ooh, very cool architecture. Yeah, so we're going to dive into that. It's insane. So the downtown Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, witnessed quite a few historical events. First, the first church that was constructed in 1814 on the corner of Fifth and Church. Um, this church where General General Andrew Jackson was rewarded with a ceremonial sword on the front steps of the church after the Battle of New Orleans in 1815. Hey, that's cool. Right? But then a fire destroyed the building in 1832. Mm, fires. Oh, this is, yeah, you're going to see this a lot too. Thankfully, it was rebuilt the same year. And then this new building hosted the inauguration of James K. Polk as governor of Tennessee. Huh. But then that building was destroyed oh, by another no. fire. <laughs> That was in 1848. Thankfully, the city still wanted another Presbyterian church in the same spot, so the congregation hired William Strickland, a Philadelphian architect who was in state to design and supervise the Tennessee State Capitol building. Mm. But then the Civil War broke out. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Tennessee saw a lot of devastation during the war, and it is said that the residents were not too happy about joining the Confederacy, but they were the final state to do so in 1861. The government then took control of the Presbyterian Church and converted it into a field hospital. Oh, Yep, serving all the wounded and dead So we have two fires fires 
fires. Two fires. And a Civil War hospital. Which we know. We've talked about this before. Is, yeah. Fires generate a lot of, hold on to a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And war. so there's been two of them. And then war, especially the Civil War. That, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of energy there. Yes, so much. Once the war was over, the church received reparations and the congregation was able to finish the interior and exterior, which was all about Egypt. Oh, can I say this right? Egyptomania. Egyptomania. <laughs> so that's if you see inside, it's hard to see in this picture. Mm-hmm. It's it's very Egyptian. Yeah. So they have like a lot of the the lily shape and the yeah, um, the colors, the yeah, the the shapes and everything. It's it's very Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a mixture of ancient Egyptian and uh, Protestant Christian imagery on the interior as well as the exterior. So if you look closely, I'll try to show you, Angela. Check out the winged sun disc motif of the ancient Egyptian god Ra in the center of the exterior in between the two large towers. That is. So it's going to be right here. Interesting. Like, why would you put. Combine all that. Egyptian mythology. Into a. And their religion, yeah, <laughs> I don't Egyptian know. <laughs> religious symbols, right, into a Christian church because that's at direct conflict. Exactly, with, <laughs> isn't that with funny? the belief of like there being one God, right, versus multiple, multiple gods. gods. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I don't know. I don't know much about Presbyterian. I thought it was more of a, a branch on Christianity. It is. Yeah. No, yeah. Presbyterianism yeah. is okay. Yeah. Yeah, because so I grew up, actually, my story was from a Presbyterian oh, church. Yeah, so okay. I grew up in a Presbyterian church. Okay. Yeah, so, so why? I, it makes no sense <laughs> makes to no me. makes no sense. Yeah, it's a Protestant branch of Christianity, so I mean, I don't so know. So weird, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ra is all over in the in, inside interior, and the only overt Christian symbol inside is a single wooden cross in front of the pipe organ. So mm-hmm. weird, right? That is very strange. Okay, but it's cool looking. <laughs> I don't know. It was, you know, I guess the decor of the day when they <laughs> were doing it. But wow, yeah. that's interesting. And they kept it that way, yeah. yeah. And the organ is really cool. It was enlarged in 1914 to 2,100 pipes. Whoa, there you go. that is a big it's organ. It's huge. Yeah, so it's right there. See? Yeah. yeah, ooh, pretty. It's a very pretty, pretty <laughs> organ. Lots of noises today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Very pretty. So in 1927 and 1937, flood victims were sheltered in the church during World War II. Soldiers on leave in Nashville slept in the church by the thousands during the war wow so this church like i said it's seen a lot yeah the church was almost torn down to build a parking garage site <laughs> they sweet. paid paradise and put yeah. up a parking lot <laughs> love it 1954 but since the first church congregation uh they up and left to the suburbs thankfully the church was sold to the members who did not want to leave downtown nashville in 1955 the downtown presbyterian church was formed Okay, so, that's go. that's good. But why would you tear down a, a really pretty church to build a parking lot? That's the times, man. Oh, I know. Sad. Gosh. Yep. Leave beautiful architecture alone. Right. Well, they did. Thankfully. Preserve it. Yeah. So today, many people believe that the church gives off very odd vibes due to the history it has seen. So this is very short, like another one. Most believe it's due to the ghosts of the fallen Confederate soldiers that were never able to rest peacefully. There are claims that after hours in the church, some hear strange noises like footsteps, groans, and and other unnaturally spooky sounds. Mm -hmm. That's it. But I really wanted to include this because of the crazy architecture. Yeah. 
It's cool. It's very interesting to me. I want to know what the thinking was and why everyone decided that it was a good idea to, to include all of these because it just doesn't fit. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. In Tennessee, too. It's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But it's a pretty That's church. I mean, well, there's like, you know, Memphis, Tennessee, which is named after, you know, so I guess Egyptian mythology oh. kind of prevailed there. there. I don't know interesting there you go that's crazy yeah it's oh, cool so if we ever go to tennessee let's go to that church okay, okay. yeah 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 next we go to saint paul's chapel in new york city new york oh so pretty in the middle of everything mm -hmm. there you go i can slightly recall i put this in my notes i walked by saint Pat paul's chapel uh 2006 when i first visited new york city Yay! i think i remember it. it's crazy uh -huh. Uh, I, if I knew the history and paranormal events that took place, I probably would have took more interest. <laughs> I probably would have walked like, around. Oh, that's a cool church. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Oh, it's haunted. So St. Paul's Chapel was erected in 1766 as an outreach chapel of Trinity Church to better serve its expanding congregation. They called St. Paul's a quote-unquote chapel of ease because it was centrally located, unlike Trinity Church, where you had to walk a few blocks south along unpaved streets. But then the Great Fire of 1776 destroyed the first Trinity Church, mm -hmm. yet St. Paul survived due to the Bucket Brigade throwing water all over the building, again, because it was centrally located. So right. They had more people. Fast, yeah. Exactly. What's cool is that George Washington made St. Paul's Chapel his home since Trinity was under construction. After he was sworn into presidency, he would attend services until Philadelphia became the capital of the U.S. in 1790. I did not know that. Did you know that? Yes. I did not. Oh, <laughs> my, my poor history brain. I'm terrible. But there you go. Yeah. But to this day, there is a pew set aside for him at the chapel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yay. Then sadly, September 11th, 2001, the World Trade Center buildings fell and it was right across the street from St. Paul's. Really? Yes. Ooh. So, but thankfully, St. Paul's sustained no damage whatsoever, just rubble and a few broken tombstones. Oh, and yes, there is a small graveyard in the back, which I'm going to talk about. Of course. But wow. the chapel became a place to help rescue and recovery workers for over nine months. Wow. So thank you, St. Saint, Saint Paul's. That's that's amazing. I've, I've been to the, the site the where, the world, yeah, where the World Trade Center fell, and they have that big pit now. It's mm. like an infinity, or it's not an infinite, it's an infinity pit. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah, it's really cool. The memorial is, it's very sacred ground. Like you can feel just how right. um, there's a lot of energy tied into that area. And as you walk around and you read the, it's very somber, mm -hmm. it's very sobering. And the area where those towers fell, the area that this encompassed is massive. So I can't believe that St. Paul's was untouched. Yep, the whole exactly. That's insane. It was fine, yeah. It was protected. Yep, Oh there wow. you go. That, and it was protected from the fire. So this place is like, it's good. God's like, I'm not touching yeah. <laughs> this. Don't touch this place. Leave it alone. That's now, awesome. Why is this church on my list? Because it is home to the ghost of George Frederick Cook, an English actor. Oh. We've got a very specific ghost here. Yeah. So oh, that's funny. Let's talk about George. So George Frederick Cook was a successful English stage actor and was pushed to do an American tour in 1810. He toured around the Northeast, performing in Boston, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Providence, and New York. He received glowing reviews from the New York press in his American debut as Shakespeare's Richard III. But then the War of 1812 started, leaving Cook stuck 
in New York. Oh, no. And sadly, <laughs> on September 26, 1812, Cook suffered from complications of cirrhosis and died. Oh, no. So he died on tour. Strangely, because he was so famous, apparently Cook's toe or finger was stolen by a fellow actor. What? When he dis- when he was deceased, yeah. No. This guy sent it to his wife in London. What? But immediately disgusted by it, like she should be, she threw it away. Oh my gosh, dude! Why would you take a dead so person's finger? Oh, I don't like it. Good on you, wife. Yeah. Like, no, you don't or send need it that. back. That's bad juju. Exactly. Why would you take a piece of somebody? Just because they're famous. Bad juju. Yeah, that's gross. No. But then even more curiouser was when Cook's body was moved to a public grave at St. Paul's Chapel. His corpse was missing his head. (gasps) No. Some believe that because Cook died in debt, yes, he loved to gamble, Mm -hmm. he may have donated his head or, you know, sold his head to science to settle his debt with creditors. Uh, What? But settle his debt? I don't know. That makes no sense. No idea. But reports, uh, yeah. But reports were that Cook's skull was being used as a prop in New York productions <gasps> of Hamlet. Hamlet. Oh, no. So he's still acting. Oh, no. In 1821, protege Edmund Keene financed a new memorial at St. Paul's. But to this day, it is unclear whether his skull was actually donated or just plain stolen. Maybe they thought he was a vampire. And they <laughs> to cut off, cut his, off head. his head. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe um, it's like uh, uh, the the clown, the clown's no, dad. Has, yeah, yes, <laughs> I'm bringing back the clowns, you guys. I'm bringing back the clowns. <laughs> he just wanted to make sure he was dead completely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no. That's so morbid. It is. And oh, don't take off somebody's don't head. Don't take someone's head. I feel like if you're not buried with your head. That's a problem, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 1938, his skull was donated to the Thomas Jefferson Medical School Library in Philadelphia. Oh, so they found, so they his, found head. his head and they sent it over to, to there. They're like, oh, we're not going to bury him with it. Let's just what? keep it in the science <laughs> realm. So, so do they still have his head? I think so. So his head is still severed from his body? Yes. No, put his head back. Well, that's why he's haunting everybody. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You guys. Don't take his head. Yep. So, but since the memorial was erected to Cook in 1821, visitors of St. Paul's Chapel claim to see a headless man roaming around in the churchyard looking for something, most likely his head. Yeah. And a writer on the Naked History website claims that in all their photos, there was some sort of spirit, mostly residual hauntings due to 9-11. So you got a headless ghost man. Fight, trying to find his head. Yeah. And then some victims. Some that, 9-11 yeah. victims roaming around. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I Like, I feel like we Poor can Thomas. help Poor. Thomas Cook. Thomas George, Co- George, George Curtis Cook. Cook. Sorry. I feel like we can help George Cook. Yeah. Really easily. Just and get his head back, right? Just, you know, at least bring his head, set it down on his grave or around his grave. You don't necessarily have to bury it with him, but let him True find that. his head. So that he can rest. <laughs> so that he can rest. That's so mean. Took his head, man. Oh, man. And maybe a toe or finger, you know. He's just missing Oh, yeah, things. he's missing. Oh, dude. <laughs> this poor actor. Uh, rest I'm in peace, sorry, man. George. Yep. All right, we're going to move on to New Orleans. New Orleans, y'all. this is my favorite, apparently. This I is love New Orleans. Every theme. Nello. St. Louis Cathedral. Laissez le bon temps rouler. I love it. Sure. 
let the good times roll that's <laughs> sorry that's french that's that's one it. of their catchphrase no you're good okay okay yeah i just I put in my notes i've been visiting new orleans a lot yes you noticed it's a sign we should visit we should okay. new orleans is fun i think you would love it because everything smells like tabasco my favorite yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love hot sauce yeah all right this is the cathedral mm-hmm and it's beautiful. Yes. So St. Louis Cathedral, New Orleans, its official title is the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis, King of France or Louis. King Louis. Louis. There we yes. go. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It is known as the oldest continually operating cathedral in America. Hmm. The original church was erected in 1718, dedicated to King Louis Ninth. Uh, is that one X? Yes, one X is nine. Yes. <laughs> Yay, Roman numerals. <laughs> Hashtag his math. Yes. So King Louis of Ninth of France, which was also the same year the city of New Orleans was founded. Oh. But they planned on rebuilding a better church here and did so in 1724. It stood a good 70 years before the Great Fire of 1788, another great fire, mm. and destroyed the church along with many of the city's infrastructure. It is said that because the fire broke out on Good Friday, the priests would not allow the church bells to be rung as a warning to the city. <laughs> so the fire spread rapidly to all the timber buildings. Uh, okay, I feel like... There are times where you can break, yeah, you know, what you've decided people, is your tradition, right? Because it is a tradition, it's not something that was ordained by God, it is something that like man, man. decided. Yep, and oh, goodness me, Seriously. I feel like God would be like, It's okay, you can help save let, people, let people know, yeah, that, hey, there's fire, there's a freaking fire, you know. yeah. Now, people play, uh, blamed uh, pair. Antonio as he was the church priest at the time and refused to ring the bell and we will come back to Pierre Pierre Antonio. Antonio. Yep. The second church was rebuilt on the same site in 1794 and the status of the church was raised to cathedral by the Diocese of New Orleans. In 1815 architects added a central spire and clock bell to commemorate the victory of the Battle of New Orleans. In 1850, the church had a little makeover where the Spanish architecture was demolished and rebuilt, but the building was also enlarged and expanded. Ooh. The cathedral suffered damage in 1909, though, when it was bombed, possibly by Italian immigrants or radical anarchists, but no one ever caught the suspects. Then a few years later, a major Category 3 hurricane hit New Orleans, which caused some major damage to St. Louis. Uh, Louis. Yeah. When Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005, it tore a hole in St. Louis' roof. So it's seen a lot. Yeah. But then in, uh, so I'm going back around in time, sorry. Then in 1964, when Pope Paul VI came to visit, he declared the St. Louis Cathedral a minor basilica, which I had to look this up. <laughs> which is any church named highly important by the Pope based on its historical or cultural importance, its art or beauty, its significance in the liturgical life of the church of a variety of these attributes or a variety. So there you go. So they think it was a very cultural, important church. Yes. Yeah. There cool. You go. But it's still called as a cathedral. Now, note that between the St. Louis Cathedral and the Cabildo, formerly the Louisiana State Museum Cabildo now, is what is called Pirate's Alley after uh. Jean Lafitte. Remember Jean Lafitte? <laughs> we, we talked about him, remember? Yes, Jean Lafitte. He haunts the, the um, pub. The pub, yes. yes. 
because he was known, though, also to hang out in Pirate's Alley. It is known that pirates would sell their bootlegged wares on the fence of the alleyway. <laughs> nice. There you go. <laughs> Pierre Anto uh, Antoine Alley is between the cathedral and the Presbyter, uh, another museum. And more about Pierre Antoine soon. Okay. Oh. So let's talk about the famous ghosties. So Pierre Antoine, which I just said I was going to talk about him. Here you go. Yes. He's known as Antonio de Sadala, and I learned Pierre is also a surname to distinguish a father from a son of the same name, which yes. I didn't know too. Cool. Yeah. Pierre means father in you French. You learn yeah. everything, something new every day, right? So uh, he was a Spanish Capuchin friar and was a leading religious authority of the Catholic Church in New Orleans around the eight, late 18th and early 19th centuries. He was born in 1748, was an ordained priest early in life, and arrived in New Orleans in 1774. He was assigned as pastor to the Church of St. Louis, and he was very rigid when dealing with the locals. However, he dedicated his life to helping the prisoners of the city as well as the large slave population. Okay. So he was a good guy. Yeah. He also baptized Marie Laveau, the famous voodoo priestess, as well as presiding over her wedding in 1819. He had even worked with Marie to bring freedom of slaves and people of color in the city. But don't forget, he was the one who refused to ring the bells of the church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't forgotten yeah, that. Yeah. Good. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's good works. Good, good works. And good bad. works. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He bent some rules and then he didn't on some. So yeah. That so doesn't make sense to I me. I don't know. I It doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah. Help people. Help people. <laughs> He's helping them. Why didn't he I help know. everybody? It, it, it feels like it goes against his pattern because he yeah. has been very helpful. And then yeah. just this one, he's like, no, nope. this is the cross that <laughs> I, I, I die on. <laughs> now, Père Antoine served as rector of the cathedral from 1793 until he died on January 19th, 1829, and was buried in the church three days later. Most businesses closed early the day of his death to pay their respects. Oh, so oh, locals that's nice. really yeah, liked they him. really liked him, yeah. Except for not ringing the bell. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Pierre Antoine is probably the most cited ghostly apparition in the St. Louis Cathedral. And you would know who it is, too, because there is a large portrait of him inside the cathedral. Ah, so nice. you see him, you're like, yeah, that's him, that's him. <laughs> most see him on the balcony or the altar around the holidays and during midnight mass. You can see him holding a candle on the altar. But he is more frequently seen in his alleyway. Yes, the Pierre Antoine alleyway. Witnesses say you can find him there in the morning humming church songs under huh. his breath. Interesting. The first sighting of him in the alley, 1924. Wow. He's been spotted for a long time yeah. now. But he's not just situated in the area of the cathedral. Many say they have seen him in other parts of the city, like the St. Louis Cemetery, or around the French Quarter at night. That's him. Yeah. Okay. I know what he looks like, so. <laughs> so if you see next him. Next time we go to Nolens. Yes. We'll go look for him. Then we have Pierre Dagobert. Did I say that right? I don't know. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Dagobert sure. de Longori moved to New Orleans from Quebec to be part of the Catholic Church. He was a priest of St. Louis Cathedral in 1745 and in the 1750s ran the charity hospital for eight years. He was known for his kindness and dedication to the poor. Not only did he attend weddings, births, funerals, and everything in between, he was known as a foodie oh, and could find hey. him in taverns and bars nice. and described as a little rotund or jolly. Aw, yes. the fat fryer. Yes, exactly. 
The authorities of the Catholic Church were not too fond of his non-traditional ways, but he was a well-known and well-liked person in New Orleans. He passed in 1776, but is still cited around New Orleans and especially in St. Louis. On rainy mornings, people say you can hear him singing the hymn, Kylie. Is that how you say that? K-Y-L-I-E. Okay. That's, yeah. I don't know that hymn. Sorry. He is seen walking out of the. I, it could. I mean, it could be Kyrie. Kyrie. That's I know. What I that's thinking. what I was thinking, but it was spelt with the L. An L. I huh? don't know. Okay. Yeah. He is seen walking out of the cathedral with head bowed and wearing sandals, strolling down Pirates Alley and humming the entire way. Everyone's in Pirates Alley. Yep. So does he cross uh, Père Antoine? I'm guessing. Or maybe they, they just like hum to each other. Yeah. And they, walk, <laughs> they sing walk to across. each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Well. Pere Antoine likes to do holidays, and uh, and, and Pere Dagobert likes to do rainy days. So maybe if it's a rainy Could holiday. Could be Dagobert, because no, yeah. if it's French, so you yeah. can do the T. He's Dagobert. From okay. Yeah. There you go. Angela. Yes. <laughs> My name is written in all caps. I love it. Angela. Angela. <laughs> in Pirate's Alley next to the cathedral, locals say the pirate Reginald Hicks. Are you related? <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's there. So the story goes that Hicks fell in love with a beautiful Creole woman months before the War of 1812. They wanted to marry ASAP due to her being pregnant with his child. Apparently, the only priest that would marry them was a German priest who was in the prison next to St. Louis Cathedral. Oh, no. Why was he in the prison? I don't know. Oh, no. No idea. So he came up to the fence. Oh, maybe he was their local priest. I don't know. But he came up to the fence at Pirate's Alley and married the two. Hicks later died in the war, so people claim Aww. he haunts the alleyway where him and his wifey got married. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, Reginald Hicks. You I have do some no genealogy. idea if I'm related Maybe to you at all. Maybe get a pirate. That's your, cool. That would be so cool. Arr. <laughs> Lastly, which is weird to think, but infamous serial killer Delphine Lalori spirit, someone who we will talk about at some point. Do you know uh, her, right? No. <gasps> You don't know her? No. I don't know many serial killer things. I kind of like. Weird. <laughs> okay. Like. So that'll be coming up at some point. Because she is insane. Dude. Okay. She is insane. Okay. But, um, so people have seen her walking the aisles of St. Louis Cathedral because she was known to attend mass there when she was alive. Oh, interesting. She was Oh my gosh! I can't believe I you don't haven't know. heard of her. No. Don't read it then. Okay, don't, I don't won't. Look it up. I won't. She's hitting me. Don't look it up. <laughs> no, I don't. Serial killers scare the poop out of me yeah. because, like, I don't understand how people can do things like that to other people. I it's it makes she me was, very upset. She um, was just to give you a hint. She she owned a, a big mansion, and it has to do with slaves, and how she treated her slave. Oh. Like, yeah, her her peoples. That's. So. So sad. It's pretty upsetting. gross, but oh, we'll go no. over. I got one more, I think. Okay, okay. It's a long one. Okay, let's get this through. So okay. we've got Akia Episcopal Church in Stafford, Virginia. All That's right. A very, so like, look at this. Yeah, it looks kind of like a Georgian building in England. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so the Akia Episcopal Church was established in 1667, but was called the Potomac Church then. It is the oldest active congregations within the United States. So we have the oldest cathedral. Uh -huh. This is the oldest active congregation. Nice. But back then, they decided to build a new church for easier access. The Potomac Church was in the middle of a rural area that was difficult to get to, like the one in New York. Yep. And fun fact, church was mandatory back then. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, Thomas Jefferson and George Mason were church members here. Oh. Yeah. The church was built in 1751, but burned down quickly in 1754 due to carpenters leaving a fire too close to the shavings at night. Oh, no. Then the church was rebuilt inside the shell of the building in 1757. What's interesting about the architecture is that it is an example of a Greek cross structure. Yes. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah. because Thomas Jefferson is a famous Mason, yes. it's very symmetrical. I'm yes. like, this is a Masonic temple. There you go. It is. So if you look at it uh, from above, it is in the shape of a cross. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Very that was cool. really cool. I didn't know that. Also, it is unique in that it has a full second story and vestry, a bellless tower. The church had to shut down during the War of 1812 and it survived. Then the Civil War erupted, causing the church to shut down. But it then became the Union Army's stable hospital and campsite. Yay! Boop, boop, boop. You know what the, how that means? <laughs> yeah. Haunted. Haunted. You'd think remnants of war would be the root of paranormal activity, right? No. 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 Uh-oh. So here's a fun story. This goes either during or right after the Revolutionary War. There was a young blonde lady who was traveling on the dark country roads of rural Stafford County. Now, I know young ladies wandering around at night is not a good thing yeah. then and definitely not now. But wouldn't you know it? She was attacked by a group of highwaymen. Of course. Yes. Back then, this was common since the war left everyone impoverished and there was a lack of resources, food, and money. So Why would she be out in the middle exactly, of the night? Exactly. I don't know. So men would anxiously uh, hide and wait along roads until someone came along that they would rob of their valuables. But they were not Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> I put that in my notes. I was like, they're not giving to the poor. Sorry. No. Uh, they're giving to them. No, yeah. To them. Poor. Yeah. yeah. The young blonde lady was able to run from the men to take, take sanctuary in the Akia church. But while hiding, the group of robbers broke into the church and murdered her in cold blood. Dude. In the church. Dude. They are in hell yep. now. That is, you don't that is, do that, No, you dude. don't. Sacred land. Oh. They then decided to hide her body in the vestry and they escaped without ever being caught. Oh. Then, remember the church reopened for services, but not until the 1850s. So this church was closed down for a very long time. And did it, did they find her body right away? Or? Shockingly, church members discovered the gruesome corpse in the vestry. She had been there, like I said, for years. So all that oh, remained of the lady wow. was her skeleton and a full head of beautiful blonde hair. Oh, my as gosh. As well as a stained pool of blood. Oh, my gosh, Nicole. Yes. <gasps> so when they tried to remove that blood, supposedly it wouldn't come out. They tried everything dude that's like the woman's imprint yes in, oh in that, that old asylum yeah yeah her blood stained the vestry for over a hundred years <gasps> until during a restoration period they just covered the floor with concrete they were like oh. no we can't get it out so we're just going to cover it up oh they buried her body in the church cemetery once her body was discovered, those strange phenomenon started happening around the church. Yeah, because she's like, help me. Yep. Dude. She was oh stuck there. That is like. Uh, In a church. It's so devilish. Yes. Evil. That is so. Uh. Yeah. From DC Ghosts website. 
Members of the church have mentioned hearing footsteps walking around at all hours of the day and night. The footsteps will break into a frantic run around the church at night, but nobody is there. Noises can be heard in the vestry. Some say it sounds like a struggle. Yeah, it's residual. Yep, there's sometimes a groan, a whistle, or even a call for help. Some reports have claimed to see a transparent woman in the church's windows, balcony, and even in the graveyard. Church members have called her Blonde Beth. But people swear the paranormal activity is strongest at night, so people tend to avoid the church then. Oh, man. Now, even I want to go help her. Right? Let her free. Poor woman. This is like hundreds of years that she's been stuck, stuck reliving this nightmare. Oh, so upsetting. Yeah. Even in the 1900s, there were paranormal fanatics as people wanted to stay overnight in the church. But hearsay is that they were chased away by an unfriendly presence. Yeah, the evil men. Yes. In the 1920s, a socialite woman actually hired two ghost hunters to come with her to the church late at night. No local men would accompany her. But just as she entered the church, an unseen hand slapped her across the face. Oh, no. The two men searched the entire church that night but couldn't find another living soul. Supposedly, the mark remained on the woman's face for days. Dude. She got slapped. Dude. Because they knew she was just trying to poke around. Yeah. You know? One time, a custodian swore he saw a ghostly woman's fla face floating above the graves when he was working in the graveyard. And another man saw a woman smiling at him through the balcony windows before she completely vanished. And about 20 years ago or so, there was a mass sighting of something peculiar. Oh. Yeah. Back in the 1990s, the church held a huge celebration of its, of its bicentennial anniversary. Part of the celebration was a group of Civil War reenactors. They were able to set up their camp and tents on the church's lawn between the graveyard and the church building for a weekend. Sunday morning, Father Care of the church had a nice chat with the group before the church services began. After asking how their night went, a few group members said they experienced something a little odd. One man said that he had witnessed a red and orange flickering light in the vestry. They described it as swaying back and forth and had flickered on and off the entire night. Others confirmed they saw the same thing. Ooh. One actor joked that it was the ghost, but then said they need to check the light bulb in the vestry as it was probably loose or faulty. But Father Care just smiled at the group, then explained it was probably coming from Blonde Beth, the church's ghost. His theory was that Blonde Beth was probably curious about the Civil War soldiers camped on the lawn of the church, puzzled in why they returned 200 years since the war <laughs> had ended. Yeah. Then he dropped the bomb on them that the vestry had no electrical wiring or lights. Oh! <laughs> so was it Blonde Beth? She's up there. I love it. Oh, so, that's a good one. Akia Father Church. Care is hilarious. Yeah, that he's like, awesome. that's Blonde Beth yeah. all the way. So, yeah, that's my haunted church. Is, I, like I said, I just, we have no time. There are so many. I couldn't, like, I wanted to get through so many, but yeah. I couldn't. So. Yeah. Oh, this is a good start. And we can revisit this subject yes. a lot yeah. because churches hold a lot of spiritual energy. Right. It's like a gateway. It's like a portal. And yep. it's amazing. Yes. 
And again, so. a lot of them are attached to cemeteries, so I'll get to that sometime too. Yeah. So. Woo! Yay! It was a good story time. Yay! Thank you, Nicole. Of course. I love it. If you guys have any stories of your own that involve haunted churches or cemeteries, we want to know. We want to hear about them. So you can email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. You can also jump over to our Podbean page and you can see any of the notes from this show or any previous shows from the past and get a little bit more information on what we talked about today. You can also click a button in the upper right-hand corner that says become a patron. Become a patron today. Join our little patron. I called it a patron army, but we called it something else. (laughs) I I don't remember. remember. But small small stitching group. Yeah, our stitchers. Yeah. So you can join us, our stitchers. So shout out to Mike. Shout out to Brittany. Shout out to Kate. Woo-hoo. And uh, we love our patrons. Become one today. We will Please. send you stuff. We yeah. give you shout outs. We yeah. do it like every episode. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and we also have patron episodes that you can listen in case you want more of us. Yay. <laughs> Because who doesn't want more of us? <laughs> I don't, but you know, maybe you do. <laughs> I oh, that was such a good episode. Yep, we're almost done. And oh, yeah, one more thing. You can visit all of our social medias, mostly Instagram. That's where we post mostly, but we post kind of on everything. And check out any of the cool stitches or any just other things that we have going on in our lives. And I guess that's it. Okay, yeah. now Woo-hoo. we're going to go into movie time. Movie time. <laughs> about this week's movie yeah the nun the nun released in 2018 imdb rating of 5.3 stars the synopsis a priest with a haunted past and a novice on the threshold of her final vows are sent by the vatican to investigate the death of a young nun in romania and confront a a malevolent yes you did it you did it force in the form of a demonic nun (laughs) you guys couldn't get through it it. no but you said it i see it and i say i I look at it and it says to me male volant malevolent i know but it looks like like maleficent i know Anyway, sorry, that was hilarious. Uh, so this is tied to the Conjuring series. Yes, the Conjuring series, which is so cool cause because because Ed and Lorraine pop up at the end. Yes, and it's when the they're doing their talk, and the mom from the first uh, Insidious or not oh. Insidious, <laughs> I threw you off. Sorry, the, <laughs> the Conjuring. first Conjuring. Yes, the the mom from the Conjuring yes, house. And she's waiting for her yeah, at the, she, the college. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so cool. It's and so time. they're telling the story about when yeah. they exercised one of the main characters mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. So when I first, first saw this, I thought that Sister Irene was Lorraine. I thought she was part of it. But no, because she would have been, she would have been the same age, right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. But anyway. Yeah. It's cool. It's very cool. What do you think? So, okay. So again, when I started watching this, my, I was watching it on my phone and my phone was incredibly dark and I was like, no, I can't see anything. Cause it is dark movie. It is a dark movie, yeah. but then I fixed it and okay. then I could watch it and everything was good. So okay, yay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so <laughs> just getting it out. Okay. Like the first few moments of it, I was like, yeah. no. so I couldn't see very well, but you know, they brought it back a bunch of times, uh, of the sister mm-hmm. hanging herself and what was chasing her. It and stuff, starts so I off it out. super spooky, right? Yes. 
It does. It starts I, I off love super that. spooky. It's like you're like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. And then you figure out why the nuns are there and what's going on and why they're they're stopping this evil that was brought into the world by this crazy duke that decided let's open a portal to hell yeah and bring this crazy this demon, demon in that Valak. loves snakes and stuff yeah yeah Valak. yeah and i'm like why why what is the point of bringing evil into this world why do people want to do that <laughs> i just I, they have a dark side to they, them they what benefit is that to them? Because evil, if you guys haven't caught on to this yet, <laughs> isn't very nice to no, you. No, it's not very nice. So they're going to do terrible things to yes. you, especially if you're the one that brings them in because yes. they are evil. There is no good to them. Nope. So they are not going to benefit you in any way, shape, or but form. But they don't see that. They're just so narcissistic that they think that the world revolves around them. So if they do whatever they want, they, they think they're going to benefit from them. how are they going to benefit from bringing evil into the world when evil is just know. going to kill them i wouldn't do it don't these people like <laughs> watch scary movies no nope. <laughs> apparently back then they didn't so but. it's a it's a cool story so way back uh this duke tries to bring evil into the world and then they the christians come and they stop the portal from being fully opened by using christ's blood one of my favorite lines in the movie is when Frenchie, who is like the comic relief character in this franchise, <laughs> <laughs> finds out about the holy relic, which is Christ's blood. And he goes, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, he's perfect in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's spooky. Mm. The, the setting is spooky. You're in a spooky church. The characters yeah. are rapidly Well, attacked. it was a castle and then That's it a became a, That's a, a church. That's yeah. right. So the Christians took it over to keep the portal closed, and so they began praying. And right. it worked for centuries until it got bombed in the world. That's right. Was that and world we're in, one? like, yeah. rural Romania, yes. which is already creepy. Already spooky. Yeah. And no one in town wants to come near. And Frenchie's the only one that comes and delivers food to this, this now church. Yeah. But it's creepy. There's a lot of spooky things. It's not the greatest plot, I think, but... There's a lot of spooky moments. Yeah. I, it yeah. like maybe jump a lot. And the nun is freaking scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a demon that takes the shape of the nun yeah. because it is an abbey yes. at this point. And so the nuns are continually praying and the the demon can take the shape of any kind of thing. Like for the father, it takes the shape of an unsuccessful exorcism that he performed yeah and um which is scary i don't like the snakes coming out of the mouths oh that was (laughs) was spooky terrible the zombie nuns and like oh there's so many and there's some i'm not going to give you everything because there's some spoiler alerts i like the scene where irene is in the chapel and you have all the nuns there and then you the mirror is there oh, and you see the shadow of yes. the nun going around and then you see the nun in the reflection oh, mirror, but I, could, there. I was like trying to close my eyes I was like I can't that watch. was a good scene yeah. yeah yeah and uh but yeah the the only thing that was was funny is his accent is like coming in and out yeah <laughs> like, the father yes yeah. I was like where are you from sir this isn't working Abbas. <laughs> yeah but um sister irene the the, the actress she for was that, wonderful she did really great yeah um and that was i like spooky. the scene where she's trying to find the father and 
he's buried alive. Yeah. And the bell, he's and ringing the, the bell. bell yes. And it made me think of when we were in San Diego yes. a year ago. And yeah, we that's learned right. about the bells yep. and how they would keep them on the, I was like, oh, we learned, we about, learned that about that in San Diego. I got so excited. That was spooky. Yeah. But then they all kept then ringing. Then they all started <laughs> ringing and it's like, oh no, how do you find them? Right. And then when she puts the shovel through the thing, it's like a oh, centimeter so away from his face. Yeah. It's like, whoa. The dark and close spaces. I'm not claustrophobic, but the fact that he's in there and then like he's hearing scratching, like yes. oh, that scared me. No, I, I like, don't like that. Would not like he that. Can't, he can't move. Can't do anything. Yeah. It to me, it was like the scene in Insidious yes. Red Door when yes. he's in the MRI, the MRI machine. It's the same oh. thing. I don't like it. You don't like it. But I thought this. <laughs> I thought this movie overall as a scary movie is pretty good yeah i i like it. it it held my attention yeah it was good the the way the story flowed mm-hmm. it had really good spooky elements the nun was terrifying it was in a church and holy ground and they were they were sent there to determine if the church was still holy or not that's because right. a nun committed suicide that's right and it took that's me it like it was kind of like i didn't understand the whole like were the nuns real? When did they all die? And how that all happened? Yeah, that, that part don't give away anything. Confusing. Okay. No, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. So, yes. It, that spooked me out, though, too. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? You guys will get to that moment if you haven't seen The Nun. By the way, it's free on oh, right. HBO Max. Yeah. Or oh. Max, sorry, just Max. Max. Yeah. It's not free if you have a Max. It's free if you have a Max subscription. Yes, yeah, yes. There you go. It's on Max. Um, were you able to stitch to it? I tried, but you have to watch you do. because there's a lot of I agree. stuff going on. Yeah. So it's even when they're talking, I was like, we still want to see what's going on. Yeah, because then there's was, still things that It happen. was still shot. It was shot beautifully. Yeah. It's like really cool and spooky. Mm-hmm. It is dark. So it helps if you turn your screen all yes. the way to bright <laughs> or you're sitting in a dark room. <laughs> I had to cover windows because it was too bright. Yeah. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, I can't see what's it's going on. It's very dark. So how but, many stitches would you give it? Uh, what did IMDb say? 5.3. Five, oh, that's low. I right? think like, I feel like it would be higher than that. I thought so too. I think it's a very like, it's on the same line. I mean, it's in line with all the conjuring movies. It's in line with the insidious movies. It's in line with kind of where horror is right now. Yeah. So, um, I would give it a higher thing. I would say, you know, it's like a seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I give seven it a 7.5. Yeah. Seven, hey. seven and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a good horror movie. I'd probably watch it again if I need to be spooked during Halloween season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd definitely maybe try to rewatch a little before um, The Nun 2 comes out, Whoa, which is around the corner. Around the corner. So, yeah. So this reminded me, I kept thinking of when I was in grad school, I was in an opera called Dialogues of the Carmelites where I played a nun. Oh, and, fun. <laughs> okay. Was it a spooky and, nun? Well, <laughs> We all got our heads chopped off. Oh, yeah, the, that's a little spooky. <laughs> at the guillotine. I don't like that. Yeah, so it was, they had a really upsetting scene at the end where we all one by one marched to the guillotine and, you know. This is, what what grade were you in? This was grad school. Okay. I was, yeah. say, <laughs> I was like, are high schoolers doing <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is grad school, Dialogues okay. of the Carmel, Carmelites okay. by Poulenc. Sweet. And so it was a wonderful opera. I wore a habit. And um, I was thinking about, I was like, wow, these habits, like, how do you wear them? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I wore one. (laughs) 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 I've been in a habit before. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So, anyway. Good movie. 
Yes, it was a good movie. Sorry for all the tangents. No, but, you know, we wouldn't be us if we didn't have that's tangents. That's true. <laughs> that's what you guys listen for. Right? <laughs> all the random stuff that we oh, say. Oh, we're so random. <laughs> anyway, but I liked it. Yeah, and, it was great. Um, James Wan was a writer because obviously oh, yeah. he's in this franchise. So we like the James Wan stuff. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. So, there you go. so yay! Well, I guess we're at the end of another amazing episode. Woo-woo. Thank you guys for listening, and until next time, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh-huh.